Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Keandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm a survivor of an eating disorder. And in this podcast, we delve into the very insights and wisdom I used in my own recovery journey. If you haven't already, I invite you to join our community by hitting that follow button and leaving a rating. Every follow and every rating not only keeps this podcast alive, but it also extends our reach to more listeners worldwide, spreading the invaluable information that I share in this podcast. Your presence here matters and I genuinely appreciate every single one of you listening, so I hope you know that. So whether you're on the path to recovery, supporting someone on their own recovery journey, or just curious about this important topic, you're in the right place. So stay tuned for another empowering episode. Over to the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Recover to Flourish. I am so happy I am back with you today to share some other insightful information to help you on your recovery journey. Before we dive in, I just want to come on and say thank you. Thank you to this community for showing up and being here and trying to navigate the path of recovery. I have been working with my clients, um, most of them for quite a while now, and just they have been honestly smashing their recovery journey. I think as you all will know that January is quite a hard time when it comes to diet culture and especially recovery because you feel like you are being pulled at every direction. What should you do? What should you not do? But I just want to say thank you to all you amazing listeners and my amazing clients for just showing up, being here and doing the work because that is hard. So if you feel like you are ready to take that next step in your recovery journey, I am opening a couple of recovery coaching spots this month for those who are ready to embrace their recovery journey and take that next step. Whether you're at the start of your recovery journey, you know, stuck in the middle in quasi-recovery or nearing the end and you just want some insight and guidance, that is what I'm here for. But all that being said, all of that information is in the description so you can look at that at leisure. But for now, we're going to get straight onto the episode and it is one that is particularly close to my heart and it's about control and how to let go of control in eating disorder recovery, or at least we're going to say perceived control, because to be honest, in life, we can't actually control anything, but an eating disorder masks itself as this control agent, and we will delve into, you know, how the desire for control can kind of halt your recovery, and how embracing spontaneity vulnerability and trust can lead you to true recovery and healing. Okay, so let's think about control and what is control. Control is often something that is thrown about a lot as a word, you know, an eating disorder is there as as a as, as a way to control our lives when everything feels out of control. For many of us, controlling our diet, food, weight, exercise gives a false sense of order, structure, security in a world that often feels very chaotic and out of control. In my own journey, it didn't start this way, maybe it did, but my eating disorder was not really about food all the time. It was about trying to manage my anxieties and insecurities. So to not dive too much into my own story at this point, But my eating disorder initially manifested as a way to, I think, control other people's perceptions of me. I was a very overweight child, a very bullied child, and, you know, early, early teen and 
young adult, maybe up until I was 14, struggled with that kind of self-criticism and feeling like I didn't fit in. So to some degree, yes, my eating sort of manifested at the start as a way to control my weight, but then it created this narrative of if I control my weight and my food, then I can control other people's perceptions of me. Now, that being said, it manifested over the years, over that kind of decade period where I struggled with my eating disorder. It manifested in a way that it was a way for me to control things when everything fell out of control. By nature, I experienced ups and downs in my life. I experienced quite a lot of trauma throughout my kind of younger years um, and early 20s. And again, the eating disorder was just that other element in my life that was like, when everything felt so out of control, I knew that that was stable. But reflecting on those days, you know, I was the overachiever, that type A personality that you often see, unfortunately stereotype, but it's true. I had straight A's, I was punctual, I was disciplined. And that, you know, was a recipe for disaster because because I had that personality and I have that personality, this need for control and or, order morphed into this unhealthy obsession with food, body image, exercise. And as my life became unpredictable throughout my life, and because obviously I'd created this narrative of people like me at a lower weight, again, something that I've definitely developed um, over my years in recovery of knowing that people like me for me. But at the time, you know, this kind of control that I had was something that I felt, you know, kept me safe, actually, you know, control kept me safe. You know, it maintained this decade long struggle with anorexia, overexercise and body dysmorphia at times. I feel like body dysmorphia is something that a lot of people struggle with and this perceived control creates it. So, okay, that's my story with control and maybe why I have this perceived feeling of control perceived is the word because I've later realized that unfortunately we have no control over anything in our lives and actually and I will go into this later and eating sort of controls us not the other way around okay so there's two sides of recovery right when you go into recovery so when you you take that jump the side where we're still holding on to that perceived control the eating disorder and the side where we truly like when we're still controlling you know, we might make these small little changes, but so inconsistently. We fear letting go completely, you know, overthinking what we're eating or decision-making, trying to perfect things, trying to get it all just right. And that state of semi-control can keep you really trapped in the cycle of an eating disorder. So I know for myself, even when I started engaging in recovery in that 10-year cycle, I was in quasi-recovery. I was still trying to control everything whereas it was really a manifestation. But when I truly started letting go of some of that control, or when you do, you start to listen to your body because you know deep down what your body wants. You start surrendering to your hunger, your desire. You allow yourself to eat what you want, when you want, without rules. And okay, as humans, we all like structure and routine, and that's okay. And this change doesn't happen overnight. It's a gradual process. You know, for some people, they can go all in, and that's great. But for other people, needs to make these small steps, you know, a gradual process of trusting your body and understanding what normal eating is and varies daily. Uh, and for that, it means, you know, diving into the unknown, 
the unknown is what is scary. The unknown feels, you know, unpredictable, you know, and, and the eating disorder to some degree is predictable, right? It's predictability. It doesn't mean it's right, but it means reevaluating, you know, if we let go, it's reevaluating everything. So letting go of control is not just about changing our food. Of course not. If we just work on the food, then, you know, we're actually not delving under the surface. It's about reevaluating our relationship with control in all aspects of our lives. And for me, you know, (laughs) I am a control freak or I definitely was. I understood that I couldn't control every, every, every aspect of my life. And I had to lean into unpredictability. And again, if you listen to my episode on travel, that's why I like to travel because it's unpredictable. One moment you're having the time of your life and the next moment you've lost your suitcase, but you have to hold on for dear life and realize that nothing bad inherently happens. And even if something bad does happen, that you're strong and you can survive. A helpful way to change your thinking about control is letting go of control. Thinking about letting go of control is not the same as losing control. Often I thought of letting go of control meant I would lose control and that would mean inherently I would gain weight out of control and that was my biggest fear. Or at least that's what I thought was my biggest fear. Many of the challenges in releasing control are focused around fear of losing control over your own behavior. So for instance, are you scared of losing control with food, binging, etc.? But The truth is letting go of control doesn't mean completely abandoning any attempt to have routine or structure in your life. I know for me that routine and order is incredibly important. That's not disordered. That just keeps me, you know, accountable. It keeps me doing that well habits that I know will help me. So I like getting enough sleep, going to bed at a reasonable time, eating regularly. That's all control that I have. That's choice. Doesn't mean that I've left lost control just because I gave in to my hunger and I gave in to doing the opposite of the behaviors that my eating disorder made me do. You know, what letting go of control actually involves is practicing acceptance that we cannot always, and always is the word, achieve the control we want. That is okay. There's going to be many moments and times in your life where controlling the outcome is not within our grasp, that we can't do it. So many times, you know, job outcome, exam results, how people perceive us, but practicing acceptance of this, you know, that we can't control everything in life. Most things we actually can't control, you know, means that we will be able to adapt instead of panicking and engaging in these maladaptive coping mechanisms, aka the eating disorder of our past that gives us this false sense of control. False sense is the word. So it's really normal as well. You might be thinking, oh my gosh, like I can't do this. I'll feel so anxious. And it's very normal for your anxiety to skyrocket and feel uncomfortable. Your brain is trying to protect you from threats everywhere. And we need to remember as well as an undernourished brain is a very anxious brain. Often these threats that we perceive, maybe that's weight gain, maybe that's other people's perceptions, are not actually reality. They're fears of what we think might be the outcome. So fearing the consequence you know, is is worse than the actuality. I hear clients time and time again saying, actually, the fear of what could happen was worse than actually doing the thing. So 
thinking about a fear food, you know, giving in to having a food that you haven't eaten for a while. You fear what will happen, but when you've done it, you've realized that actually the world didn't end. I think what's really, really important to remember is we ground ourselves in the present day, try to focus on what we do know and what is, rather than what could happen and what if. I remember always feeling an absolute sense of overwhelming anxiety with these what could happen situations. Like what would happen if I never stopped gaining weight? What would happen if I lose control? What would happen if I became quote unquote overweight again and I was not liked? It held me back so long, but I realized that all of this wasn't serving me. It was a battle to bring myself back into the present moment to actually challenge what I was facing, which was letting go of the eating disorder behaviors and realizing that the world didn't end. I had a lot of limiting beliefs over what I thought was true. So it was the story that I was telling myself that if I let go of control, then the world would end. You know, not literally like, you know, Armageddon world would end, but like for me, that I would gain weight and not be liked. That was my world ending. But it was all a story. And I had to practice radical acceptance. I had to practice creating a new narrative and a belief for myself and putting it into action. In my recovery, I realized many things. First of all, my eating disorder was in control of me, not the other way around. So that is really key. You are not in control. Your eating disorder controls you. I, I like to think of it or not like to think of it, but I think of it as like an abusive relationship. You know, they are controlling you, not the other way around. Secondly, worrying about things I couldn't control was exhausting. It comes into CBT. What's the point of worrying about something we can't control if we have no control over the future? It took a lot of inter-looking inside and introspection and therapy, I mean a lot of therapy, to come to that conclusion. And it doesn't always happen. Sometimes I worry about things that I know I have no control over. I'm a human, but I do realize that those maladaptive coping mechanisms and behaviors are maladaptive. And control in an eating disorder often stems from a desire to try and manage something, you know, tangible in our lives when there is uncertainty. And in today's society, and I totally think that things have got worse, you know, it's so uncertain. You know, there's job issues, there's money issues, like there's so many different things, you know, social pressure, social media, etc. But this urge can control to control becomes even stronger. But like I said before, this control is so misleading and it gives this false sense of security where really it's the most dangerous place to be in living with an eating disorder. There's nothing more dangerous than living with an eating disorder. You know, it's, it's a deathly illness and this control is not real. So, okay, okay, you might be thinking, Keandra, how do I even let go of some of this control? It means by shifting our focus from these rules and restrictions and behaviors to listening to yourself and your natural desires and your bodies. So firstly, you need to accept your natural hunger. And okay, you might say to me, well, I don't have hunger cues. And that is that might be the case. And that's where mechanical eating comes in at the start of recovery. But there will be a point where you are starting to be aware of your hunger. And it means allowing yourself to eat what your body is asking for without judgment or guilt or what if, or is that right Yes, it is right. You're allowed to eat what your body wants and honoring your hunger cues. With that, it's actually embracing food variety and diversity. It's actually label, you know, eating those foods that you previously labeled as bad or off limits or I'm not allowed that. 
introducing those fear foods and understanding that all foods, all foods have a place in a healthy, balanced diet. Healthy doesn't mean super clean. It means something where it doesn't feel limited and restricted and you can engage in social events. Part of it as well is living in the moment. I think, you know, it's really important to set goals and I'm all for that, you know, one month, two months, five months. I don't even know what kind of time frame I'm thinking of here. Five year, two year. Yeah, it's all good. Goals are all good, but actually focusing on the present and eating and doing what feels right now rather than what might, you know, what could happen. You know, actually focus on what do you want to do now? What does present me want? And overthinking, you know, overthinking anxiety limits that. It means that we can't live in the moment. Part of it as well is not just eating to, you know, for physical hunger. It's about reaching mental satisfaction and actually enjoyment. Living in the moment, like I said, and engaging with friends and family and realizing that food is not just about satisfying hunger, but it's about being okay with eating when it doesn't naturally feel right. And because social things come up, eating that cake in the office or going out for pizza with a friend, it's about choosing foods that you enjoy. And with all of that, it's it's trusting the bloody process and excuse my language, but my God, recovery, it doesn't take the faint hearted. It's hard and it requires faith and trust and trust that your body is smart and it's healing and it knows how to guide you. Part of it is letting go of this fear of the unknown. It's paralyzing the unknown, but the fear of what might happen is going to hold you back. The truth is the unknown is where growth happens. From fear comes growth. It's where we learn to trust ourselves and our bodies and realize that we have unbounded potential. Personally, I know that the unknown is terrifying still is terrifying to some degree. What could I be? What? Who am I? You know, these questions are normal and natural, but I do know that the anxiety of what if scenarios do cease. I slowly stepped into the unknown space. I found freedom. I do now. I put myself into unknown situations all the time to challenge that narrative. I found a deeper connection with myself and a more authentic way of living, you know, and I will grow and develop and so will you. So, I think it's really important to do, you know, that deeper work and focus on action rather than getting lost in anxiety. Action is about making choices that, you know, in the present day align with your goals. You know, when you find yourself spiraling to these what if or decision making scenarios, bring yourself back to the present moment and ask yourself, what can I do right now that supports my recovery journey? What can I do right now that I need? Mindset shifts, that's important. You know, some techniques that help me shift my mindset, like I'm talking about, is journaling, meditation, and engaging in positive affirmations. For me, journaling was speaking things out loud. I've never been a massive writer, but actually having a verbal journal, speaking to a therapist, a coach like myself, or another coach, or a therapist, or anyone. Help me to slow down and reflect and challenge the negative controlling thoughts that were driving me to my eating disorder. Self-compassion is key. It's another key element of letting go of control. It's about being curious and kind to yourself, acknowledging that your struggles and understanding that recovery is a process with ups and downs, okay? Treat yourself with the same kindness and compassion that you would offer a good friend. As we near the end of our time today on this episode, I want you to reflect on this journey of letting go. 
It is a path filled with learning and uncomfortable parts and also unlearning, unlearning all these things that you thought was right. It's about letting go of the beliefs and behaviors that no longer serve you and embracing a life where we're not defined by our eating disorder. I want you to remember that recovery is 100% possible. Letting go of control is not losing something, it's gaining something. You're gaining freedom, peace, a deeper sense of trust in yourself, trust in the process, and knowing that you are capable of amazing, amazing things. Don't forget that. So like I said, if you want to start your recovery journey today and resonated with something I said, either get in touch with me on social media at Flourish with Kiandra or Recover to Flourish, both those accounts are active, or apply for coaching today and get your life back. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor to share this space with you. Remember, you're not alone. You're never alone on this journey. We're in this together, growing and flourishing one step at a time. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, keep believing in yourself, my loves. Your ability to recover is there. 